You are listening to the B2B Marketing Mindset with Pete Monfrey and Bill Lowell. We want to help demystify marketing to reduce risk, drive more and better opportunities and grow your business. Are you ready to master marketing? I'm fired up about today's topic, getting the B2B message right, because it's so central to, to uh, successful marketing. But, but first, good to see you, Professor Lowell. How are oh, things down you. there in the land of uh, Lenny and Squiggy? It's great. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you very much. We're having a beautiful day. It's, it's, it's great up here, and uh, things, are, things are good in the world of Wisconsin. So. Awesome, Thank awesome. You. Have you noticed I, I always have a new Wisconsin reference every time? Yes, yes, you do. Yeah, pretty uh, soon it's going to be, uh, you're going to give me a Laverne and Shirley kind of promo intro, you know what I mean, with the music. <laughs> that would be great. I should write that down. Yeah. Uh, it's like a monsoon here in Austin, Texas. Uh, is it really? Which is nice, yeah, yeah, you guys are getting bad weather. Yeah, you know, we we just call it. Hey, the sun's not shining. What's going on? That's odd. Uh, yeah. So, uh, but it is. It's good to see you. And today's message, you, you know, this this idea that we've been talking about it for a while. We we've worked working on a. We're coming out with a, a webinar on this. We'll talk about that a little bit. But it's how to get the B two B message right. And there's a whole methodology behind getting it right. And I think that methodology may not be known to a lot of companies who, uh, you know, they feel like they're, in, in my experience, it's like we feel like our message doesn't communicate our true greatness to the marketplace, right? Yeah. And then you ask them about how they arrived at the message, and that's a whole other story. So um, that's why I'm excited about it. I think it's important. It's an important thing. Why is it so important? And, and for our viewers, I mean, I know you're you're too uh, humble to talk about it, but uh, you, in my opinion, are the expert in this country on this topic. So Yikes. I'm excited. I'm excited to get your input on it. I mean, getting the message right, and it's and it's fun. And the the viewers don't know this, but there's a lot of times behind the scenes where I'll come up with something and then all of a sudden you do your magic and it sounds so good. You can put the name of a podcast or right. Uh, I am the best in the County. You're right. You are. Yes, sir. You are. Let's uh, not, let's not mention the County because you know we don't want to differentiate ourselves too much at this point. But, not yeah. which County, uh, you know, I, so I've been, so I think both of us have been sort of in the, in a beat owned and ran a B2B business selling sure. services which puts even more press pressure on your message right um and so we've had to become good at it but also because it's our job like you know unlike the corporate worker or the guy that runs a, a company they may have different iterations or maybe they've pivoted there's a lot of reasons to refine your message or maybe they're trying to develop their first message in our case we have to know how to do it because we're the business it's like if we sold hamburgers and they you know tasted like lettuce um it you know you yeah. wouldn't stay in business very long but uh, but obviously it's important and I what I wanted to do is is talk a little bit about you know the the webinar coming up is is not a presentation about the topic it's on April 26th I think is the first one it's a whole series of these things and yeah. um, it's really how to do it like how here's the methodology it will work with you to figure out how to refine your message how to develop a message that really what I used to say in the in the day was just slaps the prospect upside the face I mean does your message do that right does it does it clearly state what makes you different right does it have a clear position and mm -hmm. is it you often will hear about does it resonate yeah. with a with the target audience right um, yeah. Does it does it hit one of their hot buttons, Pete, or or solve a problem that uh, 
that they're struggling with or or is it like we've talked about so many times is it the same as everybody else's but we think ours is awesome right <laughs> but it's right. generic it sounds it's just more like everybody awesome else. exactly uh yeah ours i mean new and improved awesome that's it you know and, and that speaks to i think you know there are literally requirements that probably should be in a message. When I opened up the podcast, I said it's the, it's the podcast that helps you make more informed marketing decisions and avoid getting ripped off in the crazy dumpster fire we call the marketing industry. Now, if you're an engineer sitting there in your engineering world, that's probably not going to mean a whole lot to you. If you're somebody that's been working in the mark with people in the marketing business, maybe you have an agency or maybe you have a marketing uh, consultant or or whatever. I just like struck you right in the nerve, uh, you know, right below your your amygdala, um, you know, because uh, it for, is a for crazy. Those of us in Wisconsin, is that is that the kneecap? That's right. It's the kneecap yeah, yeah. or like the gizzard somewhere yeah, in there, you. between okay. it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thank you. But, uh, you know, you talk about, you know, it, we, we're talking B2B, right? So it, it has to be businesses. Here's my opinion. It's what I found in practice. Businesses don't buy things unless it solves a problem of some kind. Right. right? I mean, so it seems like an important thing that should be in your message. Uh, it, but, but people often will build their messages around features and benefits. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with it? You tell me. So much. I'm so not going to tell you. In, in my know. opinion... The features and benefits, well, so much of it is too self-serving. You know, it's like, oh, it's all about us. And, and maybe it's not as much about the, the customer. And so I think that that's got to be really key. And, you know, like we talked about, what, what differentiates you from everybody else? So what if you have these features and you have these benefits? What happens if the next engineer, as you were talking about, has those same things? Who cares? You know, Which so they I probably think. will and are going to and probably already do. Uh, technology companies are great for this when it comes to messaging. Uh, yeah. There'll be some very detailed, way under the surface thing about how they code or something like that. That yeah. is what their primary differentiator is. And that's, that's a thing very important to them, the developers of the app, but they're not necessarily the customer. So the customer yeah. just... All they, I always explain this to them, all the, the potential customer and the customers know is what they, uh, what they can see in, in the public sphere, right? What, what right. your competitors are saying, like, hey, you might know it's not true. They don't have your information. They're not an insider, right? They have what they're saying. So if you're saying the same things that they are, but you're like, hey, this little inconsequential thing that you don't care about uh, is the most important thing. You know, you, you might be disappointed. We're not saying, hey, you guys are dumb. You're getting it wrong. I'm saying you might not. You don't get the results that you're looking for. You're frustrated. This is like this describes a lot of companies that come to us. They're frustrated. And yeah. a lot of times I wouldn't say their message is wrong. A lot of times they don't really have a clear message. It's kind of a jumble. Yeah. Right. That's what I was going to ask you, Pete. What? What happens if you get a customer that comes to you and maybe they got 20 things from their message? They go, these are the 20 things and they're really excited about it. Now, what do we do? Because I, I believe those 20 things really make me special. So that's the gumbo that. method. It's yes. the gumbo messaging. Uh, you know, you know how you know when your food is authentic down in New Orleans, when there's a cigarette butt in there. And you know, oh. you got the good stuff. Um, okay. 
yeah, put everything in there. No, you know what? There's a there's a hierarchy and there's a priority, right? And also, you can get 20 different versions of something if you've got 20 different people telling the message, if you haven't yeah. really defined it well. And then, uh, you know, so, so, that, so I think that's the simple answer is, and so what do you prioritize it against, right? Let me see if I yeah. can activate the special slide activation without, like, creating a disaster of it. Uh -oh. So this way, okay. Bill can see our... Uh, slides because otherwise you can't Thank which you. is really fun I get to uh, uh, mess with this you head a little bit keep me in the dark yeah. <laughs> I keep you in the dark so like I said April 26th we're doing a webinar hope you uh, check it out there's a link in the comments um, now it's not a free webinar right because we can't really cover what we're going to cover free because it took a huge amount of work we're going to work with you and and kind of show you how to do it and work with you so that you come out of it with a refined message or maybe you had to pivot or whatever your particular message problem is. Um, but I wanted to just mention, so this is, it's called Getting It Right, How to Develop a Message that Customers Can't Resist. You can say that that guy's definitely can't resist right there. Um, good old text. Uh, and we're gonna be talking about the science of it because there is like so many things in marketing are psychology based. Um, and we're going to talk about the art part of it. And that's why I think it's such a misunderstood uh, aspect of marketing, because it really takes both of those things. Um, but real quick, I wanted to show this. This is the challenge, I think, in a diagram, a Venn diagram. I love Venn diagrams. Um, the, uh, the three things that I think have to, you have to get right are it speaks to a primary pain need of the customer. So if you've got 20 of them, right, which one's the primary ones? That's right. You're going to have to cut it, like cutting children. Or, or, you know, you could find out from your customers what are the most important or the top three. So you're right. Right, exactly. Well, how do you know that, right? So you can, there's, there's an approach where you're guessing at these things, and there's an approach that has a little more rigor, which we're going to show you in the webinar on the 26th. We're going to show you what that process looks like. You can do it yourself, but you've yep. got to understand the process. So uh, it also needs to be differentiate you from competing solutions, okay? If, mm -hmm. if, if it's not doing those things plus a third, it's authentic to the offering or value proposition. So in other words, let's say you nail the pain. Let's say you got something super remarkable, revolutionary, amazing, but it's fake. You can't really do it. Not going to work, right? Um, you got to have all three of these things. It makes it a lovely Venn diagram, almost a perfect one, really, because I make the best. Venn you know, diagrams. and if I can just jump in for just two seconds under that authentic part with the bottom, you know, even even for a company to ask themselves. And I think I know a lot of people are saying, oh, those are hot buttons these days. But the why, like, why am I doing this? Why are we in business? What are we trying to do? That also could get you to start thinking about the authentic value too, like you were talking about. Like, why are we really providing this kind of service or this product or whatever? So I think that that could help you with that. Well, I think so. And and so the the question is uh, back to you can make a bunch of assumptions around this, or worse, brainstorm. Like, mm -hmm. hey, let's just brainstorm. Um, yeah. And or you can actually have a level of rigor to your process to arrive at a message. Right. And there's there's so many different ways to do it. One one yeah. way that that we really lean on is is creating a positioning statement, mm -hmm. because although the positioning statement isn't necessarily your marketing message uh, or your sales message, it contains all of the elements of everything you need to craft a message. Right. Yeah. 
and so often, and I'm going to admit this to the whole world here, or at least the four people that are watching, uh, so so often, I, I would say almost every big assignment where we get to the point where, you know, it's, you know, mid-process, and I think to myself, I have no idea what the message should be. And I just remind myself, I got to stick to this process, and it's going to lead me to the promised land. And so that's yeah. the process we're going to show. So I uh, hope you'll check that out. Uh, By the way, that you, I, you just gave a great tidbit of, a, of advice for any business that was listening, and that is, you know, so many times I think organizations or business owners try to shortcut things or shortcut the process. And sure. to your point, sometimes even though, you know, we think we might be able to do something, but stick with that process. And it's like you said, it's going to take you to the promised land. I like I like that analogy. I think that that's really true. Well, and it it seems like it should be easier, especially for us if we've done it so many times. But it's hard every time, uh, you know, it's and it isn't hard to come up with a message, it's really right. hard to come up with the message. The other, the other thing we run into a lot with B2B companies is they may be serving two or three different audiences, right? Oh, great point. And so then the message has to be, what's the thread that applies? What's the shared pain, the shared experience yeah. of, of all of those different audiences? That's when it gets hard and, and expensive. Uh, and again, we're gonna show you the research techniques that we do. Um, you know, and one of the things, and I can't remember who said it, but they said, why, why do you rob banks for money? Was it Dillinger? And he said, well, that's because that's where the money is. Yeah. So where's the money here? It's in your customers' heads. Right. And so we're going to show you how to unlock that. Uh, and, uh, and then how do you know you're different, right? Different from what? Who said that? I don't know. I'm going to take that myself. Uh, that'll be my quote for posterity. Different from what? Pete Monfrey. Um, <laughs> that's right. So competitive intelligence, when's the last time you visited your competitors' websites? Or maybe you're like a lot of people I meet, we don't have any competitors. Does that send you scrambling for the door? When you hear a prospect say that, a client, they maybe need some help, they want to talk to you, say, well, who's, well, uh, who are your competitors? Uh, we don't have any. <laughs> yeah. Only to hold my composure does it get me to the floor because... Usually I'm rolling on the floor <laughs> laughing. So that's Trying to hold your composure. This, I like that. At this stage in my life, I, uh, you know, you just, I kind of just, if I tell the, I tell the clients what's going on and hopefully they can handle it. I'll try to be a little diplomatic, but there are some days when I just have a belly laugh and I have to roll on the floor when they tell me. That's the know, truth. Special they are. That's right. It's the truth about marketing. Um, yeah, we do. It got, you know, folks, when you say that, we do laugh and we don't maybe at your face, but maybe after Starbucks, you know, like we're in our car, we just start flipping out. The thing is, I think we have to expand what a competitor is, right? This, people aren't thinking this. Uh, and it gets, and actually it gets really difficult if you're in a super fragmented business like marketing. Who's our competitors? I don't know. No, I have an idea. But it's, it's a national market. It's fragmented. Okay, so what does that mean? Well, what it means is what are the other options that a prospect has available to solve his problem? Exactly. Okay, it might not be another thing like you or a piece of software or a platform. It could even be the, 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 what I call the invisible competitor of not doing nothing. Right? Don't forget about that one. I want to get you every or, time. Or what about the emerging one, Pete? Too there's there's always somebody that's coming up that you don't know about, and it's you don't like, even know they're there. Yeah, that's right. And by the way, many times they're offering a message that's gaining momentum, and people are thinking, "Whoa!" And then all of a sudden, 
when you finally do become aware of them, they're a major threat. It's like, you know, well, it's kind of. And I have, this sounds a little bit cocky, but one reason I laugh is because usually when they say that, it's with a business that I've helped about a dozen times already, like the same the same type of business. It's like, well, I actually know I've worked for your competitors. Um, right. And so I know they exist or it was a bad dream that I had. Let me show another slide really quick. Um, I'm just going to show it. Um, to the viewers, but it's a, it's a slide of, of the human brain. Because I want to talk about this for just a minute. Uh, so important. And Oren Clapp uh, has a book called Pitch Anything, and he talks about this, how our brains process information. Because at the center of this, you have, imagine, um, imagine your message is a grain of sand on a humongous beach, a giant stretch of beach. Um, from a sensory perspective, you know, we're swimming in messages 24 hours a day. I have a feeling there's right. some sort of Google ad network in my brain when I'm sleeping. I'm, I'm not sure of it, but it's, it's a conspiracy theory that I have. Uh, and uh, But in that sea, this is where understanding how the brain works is super important, especially if you have a technical offering, you have 20 different things that you want to get across. Here's why it won't work. So I have a picture up here. It says... There's the lizard brain, which is your brain stem, your amygdala. It's the first part of the brain that evolved, right? We call it the gatekeeper. This is, this is the part of your brain that decides on what you should pay attention to at any given moment, right? Which is what is the objective of a great message? It's to grab somebody's cognition, right? Mm -hmm. Out of a sea of distracting noise. And yeah. so in order to do that, we have to start with, it's essentially Maslow's, hierarchy of needs you know the lizard brain looks at it like hey should i eat it should i kill it should i run away with it should i have sex with it that's pretty much its criteria you know you have to hit some kind of nerve why does sex sell okay amygdala you know he's opening the door to the middle part of the brain and that's where analysis happens right you're not there yet because the top part of the brain you got to get past up there where decisions are made emotionally those are your emotional centers at the top of the brain the neocortex right and you got to go in order. Online? I am, yeah. I, I could show it to you if the, if the, no, if I the don't viewers will. No, no, oh, no. all right. No, uh, I just, as long as the listeners are seeing it. It's a nice illustration I made. Um, but uh, you have to kind of go in order. And one, pro one mistake, because we're going we're to talk about things that we see that are, that are mistakes. One way is starting off with a very technical type of message or an avalanche of information that instantly puts someone in an analysis mode. Right. Right. And what happens there is it doesn't get passed to the decision maker. It kind of gets stuck right there. Right. And Oren would talks about in his book, uh, you know, you grab them with emotion. You move quickly to what what appeals to the lizard brain. In other words, whatever there you understand their pain. Why? Because you've been interviewing your customers, you know, in, you know, at a granular level, what their problem is and the dynamics of it and how it affects them. Right. You know, the pain. That's what's going to strike them and get handed up to the next section. You're going to make a case for the solution and understanding of the pain. They're going to make a decision based on emotion. It goes in that order and, you know, violate that at your own risk. Um, and so I wanted to share that because um, it's a great book. It's called How to Pitch Anything. And what's, what's, what's so relevant to me is that we just see it all the time where it's, it, people glaze over. I think that's the the clue, right? Um, yeah. But so can I 
can I try to add something that Please I'm do. hoping I'm just I'm talking hoping in we'll, No, no, no. But I'm hoping this might even simplify this for our listeners, okay? I'd like to ask the question of listeners just for a second. Have you ever have you ever walked into it could be a sales presentation, it could be a situation, it could even be a job interview for example, where you you walk out and you say to yourself, "Oh, I wish I would have said and then fill in the blank." You know, you left something important on the table that you thought was a value but you never brought it up or you didn't say it, okay? In my opinion, even getting the message right is critical just like that. You you don't want to have that mistake where you go, "Oh, I wish we would have said this instead because you fill in the blanks." Some one of the competitors is doing you know, it's like right. so so this is trying to get it right to begin with so you don't have to walk out of anything. I mean, so it's whether it's in person or you know, it's in your materials, your social media, you want that message to be refined and working. And I think that that's you know, really key. And and all of us do this, like, you know, when we go in for a sales presentation, don't we all put together our 90 second elevator pitch of what we want to say? Don't we come up with our 10 to 12 talking points? I mean, it's kind of the same thing for this type of message. You better put some effort into that so you know that those messages are going to resonate and really hit, you know, like you were talking about in all of the, the different areas, whether it's well, some of the and, basics, the emotional. And, you know, that speaks to the the webinar that we're having uh and and you can check it out there's a link in the comments but um you know when i talked earlier about the positioning statement and so let me let me go ahead and share my screen we do this in a couple of steps here uh okay. if you care out there uh, but we're getting better at it so this is a positioning statement template which is there's a bunch of different ones but yeah. herein lies your answer now we're going to walk you through every part of this in the in the webinar but um, i just wanted to hit on it real quick this is jeffrey moore's uh positioning template and he wrote crossing the chasm and inside the mm -hmm. tornado and jeffrey moore look him up geoffrey with a geo on the front there but uh for so this is the format for target customer right for whom who statement in need or opportunity problem that's where a problem statement this is of course in language from the 70s probably uh the product service name okay is a product or service category is this the type of thing that statement of key benefit what it delivers compelling reason to buy the value prop unlike primary competitive alternative our product how it's different mm -hmm. so in two sentences they have said everything they need to say about the entire deal, what somebody needs to know about the company, what's the brand, what it does, what problem it solves, what category it's in. Right. You know, uh, and that's why I like to use this. Now, it's a very formal statement, but let's say that you met, you know, the, the old CEO in the elevator deal where the elevator pitch came from. And what if you had a version of this that you could nail off in one sentence or two sentences in under 60 seconds, under 50 seconds? that yeah. told him everything that he needed to know yeah. in that moment or she that's that's uh, exactly kind of where i was going with this that's, that's powerful that's what it looks like when you get it right and then what if you have all 20 of your salespeople um <laughs> yeah. on the saying same that same thing right or some slight yeah. variation of it. it's okay to internalize it and change a few words here and there but it starts with a process to it's so hard to say 
what the statement of pain, the statement of need, the opportunity is until, unless you've talked to your customers. It's impossible to know what differentiates yourself if you haven't done competitive intelligence. And I don't give a exactly. shit who's, you know, I get argued with them on this point. No, I know my market pretty well. I've been working in this thing for 20 years. Yeah, right. When's the last time that you even Google searched what your potential customer might be searching and then looked at the, you know, and spent an hour or two? When's the last time? Let's be serious. I'm not trying to dog on you. Like, you know, I'm probably guilty of it too. You know, if the answer is more than three years ago, you're screwed, right? You have no idea what's going on in the marketplace. So whatever you claim to be a differentiator probably isn't, right? Or even, here, here's the beauty of this too, by the way, differentiation. I get so fired up about this stuff. The cool thing about many of our clients that are in that sort of middle ground, they're not tiny, they're not huge, they're, they're in the mid ground, right? Uh, maybe they have five employees, they have 10, they have 100 employees, they're in, the, in that middle ground. Um, the reality is when we do the, the research, and it isn't a huge deal, right? When people hear the word research, they think of this crushing, giant, expensive, time-consuming thing. No, it's not, man. We do competitive analysis in five days, right? We know everything that's going on out there in the market and how they're presenting themselves so that we can make sure that we're different, right? Um, but we often find nobody in the market has a clear position at all. To me, that says the opportunity is just to have one. It takes a little pressure off of having the exact right one when just yeah, having one's like an advantage. No, it's, but that's you know the what? case. This is what used to drive me crazy when people would put together a mission statement, you know, or I mean, it's just that we got to have that for our website or we have to say something or we have to have something on the wall. It's exactly what you're just saying. It's, it's ridiculous unless it's going to be authentic and true to your, to your point. So I think that that's well, really yes. And, I mean, there's another hard part, like really looking at your offering from a completely objective level um, yeah. and accepting what's true and then extrapolating this into that so that it works in that Venn diagram. I mean, that's where mm -hmm. it gets hard, okay? Now, that's where people like us come along. This is what you can learn in the webinar. I'm going to punch that thing again. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, you know, as we say in the, in the show business, we're going to plug uh, the webinar again, uh, and uh, we hope you'll check it out. Um, we're going to show you that it's, it's not really as hard as it seems if you have a good process, right? And right. we've had to have good processes in order to do our jobs. And we're just going to share that with you and work with you if you've bought the appropriate ticket. Uh, we will work with you personally, and you will come out of this with a message. We're not going to just talk about this stuff like we do uh, every Thursday at 11 o'clock on LinkedIn. And if you follow us, everybody says, where do I see this program? you got to follow us, man. You've got to be in our cult, right? The, the Bill and Pete's big adventure quote uh, yeah. cult. Uh, and if I mean, anything, at least once a week, they can find out what the weather's like in Wisconsin, and then we can talk about what and in Austin. It's like in Austin, and we've got it. It's like, you how know, good is that, you know? You can uh, make better decisions. You can avoid getting ripped off. And you can also find out what the weather is in two different parts of the country. Does it get any better than that? And that is a clean, clear message. But That's exactly right. We really do hope that you took something away from this. But, you know, wrap it up. What's, the, what's your thought on, the, on today's episode and messaging? 
Well, I, th I think there's there's so much. You know, I think like you talked about, it's got to be authentic. It's got to be emotional. I think that you've got to really do something that separates you from your competitors. So like what really is your compelling message? I think all of that's key. I think, uh, you know, when you're putting something together, you talked about it, doing a little research. And I would even go further than competitive research. And I would say, talking to your customers and finding out what hole you actually fill or solve for them. I think that that's going to be key or even refining the message. So like even once you've got your, your message together, let's test it and let's make test sure it. that it right. really does hit uh, with the audiences. And so, well, most you know, messages are, are really a, a hypothesis at first, right? Yeah. It, ha it has to be tested. Now, if you're not doing these things, then you're probably struggling with it. It isn't a matter of whether you do it right or wrong. There's a lot of different ways to do a lot of different things. But if the outcomes aren't what you're looking for, uh, and if you're frustrated that people aren't getting it, yeah. or that people aren't excited, or people aren't noticing, right? Maybe you have a huge look. We That's have a, a client. Really key part. They had a they had a uh, the highest bounce rate we've ever seen on their website was 97 percent, and it, they had the lowest time on site that we've ever seen, which was 43 seconds on their site, right? We. First thing we did was rewrite that site after we put a strategy in place. We had the plan in place. So we first first thing we tackled was we just had to read the site looked good and it worked fine and the UI was great. It just had the wrong language. Um, and so when we fixed that, really within about a week of Google indexing, it took Google a good 30 days to index the dang thing. Uh, but when it did, people are staying on the, on the site two minutes and 14 seconds. The bounce rate is 72%. It almost normalized, right? 72 is a little high for my taste, but if you look at the averages, eh, it's about average, right? I want it lower. But just getting it right, righter, you know? Um, and how did we do it? We interviewed customers. We did competitive analysis. You know, kudos to this client who actually had the patience and invested in the process to get it right and is now seeing the fruits of that labor and really seeing it like 90 days later. I mean, it's not yeah. something that you got to wait six months for. You, you'll see it right away when you nail it. And it feels good to nail it, doesn't it? Well, it, like you said, it feels good to do it right. And to your point, congratulations to your client for doing that. Uh, that's kind of exciting, you know, sometimes- And to my like, team. Yeah, you, you just I think that that is excellent, you know, and we've done that, too, where we'll test we'll test messages for for our clients. And it makes a huge difference, you know, because it's sometimes it just as this maybe a little bit of tweaking can really help out. But, right. And uh, then, you know, we didn't touch much on the on the art part of it. You know, the creative yeah. part of it is if you can take these ideas. So let's say you've got your formal positioning statement and. Right. You know, you're still not done, really. You know, there's going to be derivatives of that. It may be slightly different for different audiences, but they're going to be simplified versions. And you're going to pair that with a visual. So right. so often when we look at companies' marketing communications, the visuals are, are really just eye candy. They're just, yeah. they don't contribute. Uh, it's like a blank billboard to me. Like there's an opportunity to put some message in there and it's wasted on some handshake. And this is the one I like the best. You know, some stock image. Um, but if you put these things together properly, they say it, you know, a, a picture says a million words or whatever it is. Uh, you put it together with a, with a few words and one of one of the things that I, I also wanted to talk about, though, besides just the message, Pete, though, and we'll talk about this in the in the webinar. You know, making sure that the people are consistent with those messages 
across the different channels too, because what, you know, sometimes you and I, we've talked about this, where somebody's got one channel and they've got one message and then on another one, they use another and then on another, it's like, oh, I mean, that is really, I mean, that's kind but of scary. Why? Or even, yeah, exactly. But why is that a problem? I mean, you know why it's a problem is the way that B2B it's buyers have changed, right? In the past, maybe they wouldn't have noticed that. Now they're out there looking for you. They're studying what you have. They're looking at different channels, right? They're seeing the inconsistencies. I did an episode a couple of years ago called Chinks in the Armor, and it was how, you know, the best salesmen may have the polished shoes and they've got every little detail down, right? Um, because at that stage in the game, and I think your marketing is at that top of the funnel area too, right. you know, really what people are looking for is any flaw in your story. Maybe a shoe that's not quite polished, right? Maybe you're missing a button on that shirt, right? Um, you know, maybe you've got gold chains and your shirt's all unbuttoned, you got a bunch of hair hanging out. You know, you're not on the short list. Okay, um, okay, I'll wear my tie next time. I'm if so you sorry. could, I'd appreciate that. Uh, yeah. But, and so that's the game, right? And so having these things consistent is how you get over that. And I just don't know any other way to make things consistent than to approach it in sort of a systematic way. You've been listening to the B2B Marketing Mindset with Pete Monfrey and Bill Lowell. Add to the conversation by commenting, sharing, and liking. And don't forget to subscribe and check out the links in the comments. Learn more at b2bmarketingmindset.com.